In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has made us to follow Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, at the beginning of service I asked you if you have been sick over the past, uh, past few months, and then I asked you if you were contagious, which right now in the news is kind of a big thing. There's this, this evil coronavirus that is out there uh, that everybody is kind of worried about. We're, we're worried about what that looks like for, for China. Uh, much of China, big cities are being shut down completely in the midst of the Lunar New Year, which is a huge deal. It, it is like if somehow you had a, a epidemic in our nation that shut down the 4th of July or, a, or, or shut down Christmas or, or whatever it is, that there would be nobody around, nobody in the streets. That's what it looks like. And so people are worried about this in China. People are worried about this even in our nation. They're, they're worried about the sense of what it means to, to be contagious. And we're a little bit worried that we might catch a coronavirus. And so they're doing all sorts of scary things like scanning people's body temperatures as they get on and off of airplanes. And if your body temperature looks like it's a little bit too hot, they take you off and they quarantine you and they, they try to figure out what's going on in your body to make sure that you are not contagious. But in a lot of ways, the reading that we have today in the gospel reading is all about being contagious. Now, it's not about being contagious with a coronavirus. It's not about being contagious with a flu strain A or flu strain B but rather it's about being contagious with this thing that we call the gospel. This thing that Jesus begins to announce at this point in his ministry as he comes into his own, as he starts his public ministry in a very upfront kind of way. Jesus starts making these distinct moves that show that he's ready to start his ministry. You see, last week we got a little bit of a story about the, the call of the disciples. And really, that was really sort of the disciples getting to know Jesus. So, so last week we had Jesus who walked by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, Behold! Behold the Lamb of God. And so his disciples, some of his disciples, did exactly that. They went and they beheld the Lamb of God. They went and they beheld Jesus and who Jesus was. And they, they even said, Master, where are you staying? And Jesus said, come and see. And they did. And they spent the night with him. And they hung out with him. And so we can only imagine that at this point in Matthew's gospel, that this is a little bit later than that. And so, uh, and so Jesus starts to do some, some distinct actions, some distinct things that show that he's starting something new. One of those things is he chooses sort of a home base. He chooses Capernaum. He chooses this place that is the place that is being talked about in Isaiah. And Matthew tells us that this is a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah, that, that the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, that that, that land is 
where Jesus is taking over. Now, why that is significant is because the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali was one of the first areas of the nation of Israel that was taken away into captivity by, by Assyria. And, and so it was kind of like this was the, the very first of the things that were sort of desolated by the, the sin of Israel, by, by Israel not saying, uh, saying that they were not going to follow the ways of God anymore, and God allowed Assyria to come in and to take them over and to take them out into exile. And so this has been a desolate land. It's been a land in a lot of ways that looks like the after effects of a pandemic. That there's this sense of what has happened is that sin has so infected this area that there has been this sort of germ, this sort of infection that's happened in the area and everybody has died. And so it's like when you're thinking of the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, you're thinking about coming upon a place that has just experienced this massive pandemic where people have died, and because the people have died, so has the germ eventually. And so you have this place where Jesus walks in, this place that needs renewal, this place that needs new life, this place that is dark, this place that needs light. And that's the place that Jesus sets up as his home base of operations. He says, this, this is a place that shows exactly what it is that I'm here to do. This is a place that not only is a good place for me to stretch out strategically into all of these different areas, but it is a place that has meaning. It's a place where I can start my ministry in such a way that the start of my ministry explains what I am here to do and what I am here to do is to bring new life into a place that has been ruined by death. I am here to bring new light into a place that is completely dark. And so he starts his ministry off by choosing a home base of operations. But he also starts it off by choosing some lieutenants, choosing some people that are going to be specifically called into specific areas of life. And he chooses kind of the strangest people. He doesn't choose people that you would expect. He doesn't choose the religious people. He doesn't choose the, fr- the scribes and the Pharisees. But he chooses these, these fishermen. And he goes up to them, some of whom he has already met. He goes up to them and he says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And you've got to wonder what that experience is like for Peter and for Andrew and for James and for John. To hear Jesus come to them and say, follow me. 
And if it is, in fact, a, a little bit after they've gotten to know him a little bit, uh, maybe they're, they're, they've kind of been waiting for this moment. They, they've kind of been, you know, they, they've put in their resume, they're, they're waiting on his response, and, and they're, they're waiting for him to say, okay, you can be my disciples. Or maybe this comes as a complete surprise to them. Maybe he's gotten to know them, but they have no idea. They just think, oh, well, he's kind of a cool guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll know him. Maybe I'll go and see his, you know, his Saturday preaching. But outside of that, I'm just a fisherman. And maybe this thing is a surprise where he goes, follow me. And I will make you contagious. And he doesn't say contagious, but that's what he means. He means that there is something about who he is. That will be contagious to other people. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I am catching you. And now I'm sending you out to sneeze on others. (laughs) I'm catching you and sending you out to be someone who brings others into the boat. I'm catching you and I'm sending you out to exhibit what it is that I am. Because you see, when you you catch an infection, you you actually kind of do two separate things. The the first thing that you do is you, you start to exhibit the symptoms of the infection that you caught. You start to exhibit those things of the person that you caught this from. And many of us know what this is like. As we go to bed one night and we wake up and we have the sniffles. And we think back through our lives and we wonder, who else do I know who has the sniffles right now? And when can I beat them up? And and you start thinking through, okay, who gave this to me? How did I get this? Because you're starting to exhibit those symptoms. You're starting to exhibit what it means to have that infection. And that's the way that it works in our lives too, is that we start almost naturally after being connected with God's word and sacrament, to start exhibiting, sometimes even against our own will, we start exhibiting the signs of the infection of the gospel. We're actually nice to people. We actually say, I'm not going to judge that person, even though I would have. And then we go, why? I want to judge them, but I just can't. We start doing this stuff naturally. Now, there's plenty of other natural sins that we still hang on to, and we're like, I'm totally healthy there. But there are moments in our lives where we go, I'm exhibiting the infection. And your sinful self goes, I don't like the infection. But there's something about the infection, isn't there? Something noticeable. Something like when you got up in the morning and you started sniffling, you started to notice that and you started to go, this isn't normal, this is something different. I'm becoming a fisher of people. 
And that's the next thing, right? Because you, you recognize that when you start to exhibit those signs, hopefully you start to recognize that when you exhibit those signs that you should stay home from work or you should stay home from school and you should start washing your hands evermore. Please, as the father of three children, please remember that when you start to show that you have an infection, please remember to start washing your hands and staying home from work and from school and all of that. But if that infection is a gospel infection, don't. Don't wash off that light of Christ. Don't wash off that life that you've been given. But go and be infectious. Because what Jesus is doing here is he's saying that a light has dawned on the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. But the dawn has even greater light to come. And that light is ours. That light is a light that grows through us. As we begin to exhibit the light that has been given to us by Jesus. A light that has been given to us by his own death on the cross. By his own rising from the tomb. By his own spirit being placed in our hearts. And so may you this week. May you begin to exhibit signs of the infection. And may you resist the temptation to medicate away those signs of the gospel infection in your life. And may you, although not literally, may you go out being infected by this gospel. And may you Sneeze on a few people. (laughs) Amen.